0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kinda Dating, the comedy dating podcast, where I, your host, Natasha Chandel, and some cool guests break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is the art of not giving a fuck. Let's do this. You talk about it and this is sort of like piggybacking off the, well, you had mentioned this in the last answer, but um, people value things that they probably shouldn't value and don't put enough value in other things. Um, what are some of those things you're talking oh, about?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it, it can be anything, right? But I, I guess one...
0: Like, is it okay that I'm a heightist?
1: heightist. Just- <laughs> well, so some of this... So you're talking about valuing in a partner.
0: I don't know. I, I mean, mean I was, if you're talking about life in general, man, point. like
1: that's a broad fucking topic. But
0: No, I guess I mean in, dating, in a
1: partner. In a in partner. dating for sure. so or yeah, in dating. in dating or in a partner. So the, the physical thing is hard, especially things like height. It's height, weight, proportions, whatever. You know, some of that is there's there's a certain amount of that, that it's just like, okay, that's just what you prefer. Like you can't you can't do a whole lot about it, right? Um, I, I think people in general, this is the only thing that I would advise against is people that become like, like, uh, uh, like almost like a, a fascist yeah. about it. It's like, I only date five, yeah. nine or above. Like, you know, no question.
0: I mean, look, my preference is five yeah. ten and above, but I have gone on dates with yeah. people shorter. I mean, my two and a half year relationship was yeah. five. So eight. it's
1: you know, as long as you're open to alternatives, I think, but I think it's preference. fine. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> everybody's got preferences, you know. I I think when it comes to to values, like generally, what whatever you value in in a partner is going to have a lot to do with the type of relationship you get. So if if like your highest value is somebody who's, say, exciting and fun, um. Well, you have to realize that sometimes exciting is not good excitement. Sometimes exciting is bad excitement. Um, sometimes Sometimes it's, it's uh, unpredictability is, it can be sexy, but sometimes it can be disastrous. Um, if your highest priority in people you're dating is um, somebody who's extremely confident, you know, it's understand that. It's, that confidence can be very sexy. In a lot of circumstances, but maybe if you end up in, a, in an argument with this person, suddenly their confidence turns into arrogance, and they start treating you like crap. So it's you have to be very mm-hmm. careful what you seek out. And generally, what I kind of the number one what I discovered over many many years of you know my own dumpster fires, and then also observing other people's dumpster fires, is that it's for me the number one trait to look for in a person that you date. Is self awareness. Is, is this a person mm-hmm. that recognizes when they're wrong? Is this a person that questions their own thoughts and feelings and beliefs? Is this a person who can say something maybe really mean or spiteful one day and then call you the next day and be like, wow, that was really, I'm sorry about that. I, I shouldn't have said that. You know, it's that mm-hmm. type of person, like that. Self awareness kind of makes everything else work. Um, it's when people aren't self aware, when they're in denial about, say, their alcoholism, or the fact that they're being abusive, or the fact that they're a liar, or the fact that they're cheating. You know, if they like don't even own that in themselves, there's nothing you can do. There's absolutely nothing you can. There's nothing to work with. There is no relationship because they're not even showing who they are to you. They're not even showing who they are to themselves. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it for me, self-awareness was absolutely number one. Um, and then number two is just, for me, at least, has always been honesty or, or integrity. Um, I used to... kind of a big aha moment for me when I was still dating. You know, I, I, I was a commitment phobe, and, and I, I mean, I love sex. I mean, I mean who doesn't? But like I was I was like a, a one of those like player guys, you know, like I just I just love banging girls. Like it was just it was awesome. Yeah.
0: You were single, you were playing. And fine, it was it was like my
1: hobby, you know, it was like it's like go to go to the club or go to the bar or whatever and like find a really cute girl who's into me and just like fucking bang her. Like that was awesome. And I really had a hard time accepting that like a, a big hurdle for me in like committing to somebody I really liked was was the idea that I would have to be monogamous or I'd have to give something up. Or and I used to when I was younger and stupider, I used to play games around that. I used to pretend that like you know, oh no, I'm not really going out or like you know, I'm doing doing the typical shit that guys do. Um, yeah. But at, at a certain point, I learned I'm like you know, like I should just tell these people, like tell these women what I'm doing. Just be like. I this is what I like doing. And and this is how I you know I really like you but I also like want to have sex with other people and just being stunned at when a lot of the women that I met were like yeah that's cool do you like let me know if you change your mind you know and it's like not a big deal not like this huge blow up or drama or whatever don't have to lie and tiptoe and pretend i was somewhere that i wasn't and it was just such a massive relief and uh for me, that was very game changing. And then also meeting women who could kind of say the same uncomfortable things back to me and say like, Hey, this is where I'm at. And if that doesn't work for you, then, you know, peace, have a nice life. And that to me was like, Oh my God, like I admire that so much in a person because it's, if somebody's willing to say, have the difficult conversations and say the uncomfortable truths, um, you can build something with that person. Like you you, you can be indestructible with that person. There's no reason to ever hide anything from that person. And there's no no reason for that person to ever hide anything from you. So um, self-awareness and honesty, I think, are like the two kind of cardinal values for me in relationships.
0: Yeah, that was a cool example of honesty because sometimes we always think honesty is like just being honest about where you're going or yeah, what yeah. you're doing, but it's also about just like where you are in your life. If it's not what you think the other person wants to hear. Um, because I, uh, you're right. Like I think the, the worst part is always the betrayal, mm-hmm. right? That like they always say, it's never the fact that they cheated on you. It's the fact yeah. that they lied.
1: And it, it's it's amazing how much like we tend to see relationships as like a very binary thing. It's like you're either together or you're not. And um, to me, it was very eye-opening eye how much how how much of like I guess a gray area there is in between those two things, and um, and how many different you know how 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 not two people don't always come together the same way. Like there can be it. It's not like you sit down and have this conversation like, "Well, I love you, you love me, let's be boyfriend girlfriend." Like that rarely happens. Like it's usually a very complicated messy process in which both people have various doubts and insecurities both people second guess themselves both people say like wait 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 no i think i like want to make sure i don't want to date other people and then they go date somebody else and they're like okay yeah i definitely don't want to date other people and then they come back you know like it's and there needs to be room for all this stuff and you can only make room for it mm-hmm. as long as you are willing to be open about it and 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 you're also Mm -hmm. willing for the other person to be open about it. You know, if they say something that hurts you or scares you, you need to be able to sit with it.
0: Thank you all for listening to Kinda Dating. If you already subscribed, great. We love you. If you're not, get on it. Go to that podcast app on your phone, computer, whatever, and hit the button now so you can get your fix weekly. Side effects include laughing your ass off, sorting out your shit, and finding true love. Isn't that what we all want? I want to ask you, because we also have, we have some listener questions, but before I get into that, I'm going to give you some scenarios, okay? These are just simple, like, how to give less fucks when this. Um, So this one I get asked a lot. This is probably um, the the sort of messages I get um, most from listeners. So how do they give less fucks when you've been... Ghosted, slow faded—you know, insert pop culture term for somebody being a dickhead sure. to you. Um, how do you, how do you give less fucks about that?
1: I, I think you have to realize that it's it's not, it's for the better. You know, it's if somebody ghosts you, it's basically them just politely telling you that it's over. And I think just interpreting it that way, and, and I think the reason it bothers people is that they don't want to interpret it that way. They want to believe that this person was just really busy, or that they lost their phone, or that you know their grandmother died and they left town for two weeks. You know, it. it they really, really want to believe that. And my point is, is like, even if they were busy or if their grandmother died or whatever they would text you and say hey my grandmother died i'm not around for the next 2 weeks you know it's ghosting is a polite rejection and life is is full of polite rejections don't take it personally it just wasn't feeling right for that person and and it's it's not i think when you i think the problem is people get too attached at at, at, the, at, at just having a relationship in general. Like, they don't, they're not paying attention to make, they're not. Hold on. Let me say, <laughs> I'm like stumbling over my words. Let <laughs> me start over. I, I think don't. the problem is that people get way too attached to the idea of a relationship and not the actual relationship that's in front of them. So, the, a person who ghosts you, they, for whatever reason, they're just not into it. And, or they're not the right person for you, it was not working for them you do not want to be in a relationship with somebody who the relationship is not working for them. They're going to be emotionally checked out. They're going to, it, it's just going to be bad. Um, and so I think if you get very upset about people ghosting you, it's, it's, you're, you're too attached at the idea of just having a relationship and not paying attention to the actual person who is no longer contacting you. It, they're not contacting you because something didn't work. And if something didn't work, you're better off without them. So...
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, I've always found it fascinating that people get upset that they got ghosted before a first date. And I'm like, why do you care (laughs) at all? Like, God bless. Like, you're lucky you didn't waste your time. Like, they just told you they weren't interested. And whatever, it's most likely nothing to do with you. It's just they're doing their own thing, whatever's on their head. Maybe they just met somebody else and now they're like, I want to move forward with this person. Like, it could be a million things or they're just not interested and they woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Like, who the fuck knows? Um, And yeah, like you said, it's just better to know. And Yeah,
1: and and I think people take rejections to, like, it's not about, 90% of the time, the rejection, it's not about you. Like you said, it's about them. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, whatever. They got something else going on.
0: I mean, like, I always try to think of the times I ghosted people and it was just because, like, it hadn't it had nothing to do with them really i mean yeah i didn't feel it but it was because i was like you know i mean i ghosted one of my exes <laughs> <laughs> where where and he knows it i i actually apologized to him like like a year later but but it was an ex that we had dated and then for a long time and then a few years later we had hooked up and then i just was like oh shit i don't actually want yeah. anything And then I just like slinked out of bed and left and ghosted him. I just didn't answer. And it was because of me. It had nothing to do with him. I told him later, I was like, I apologize. I was a fucking pussy who didn't know how to deal with my emotion. And I didn't have the balls to just really tell you that I wasn't feeling it in that way that I felt you were feeling it. Like I felt like he wanted to get back together. And I was like, oh, shit, no. And so I, you know, and so I always try to remind people. I'm like, most of the time it has nothing yeah, to do with and them. And it's,
1: I think people get upset. They're like, well, don't you, you should just tell somebody that you don't want to see them. And it's like, well, it, it's unless you've been with them. But
0: That's the part yeah. you're not dealing with. <laughs> that's the part is the ghost stir that I can't deal yeah, with. well, and time. it's,
1: I don't think you owe that to somebody unless you have a relationship with them. You know, it's like if I meet somebody on Tinder and then I ghost them, I don't know that. I, I don't know you. I don't, owe you a text explaining why i don't want to go out with you like that's fucking uncomfortable <laughs> for both of us you know so it's like let's just just let it go
0: <laughs> yeah and I, I i mean i also tell people i'm like please don't send them an angry text like most people are grown ups and they know yeah. what they've done like very few people are completely ignorant and are like, oh my God, what? I didn't answer your 18 million text messages? Yeah. What? Like they know what they're doing and they don't want to be in touch. And you just lecturing them isn't really opening up their eyes to anything. They're most likely just getting more defensive and we're laughing yeah. it off. And I'm like, it's really about you making a decision. Yeah. To To be able to handle it better next time. I don't know. What do you think? Should people fucking
1: cut them <laughs> off? No, of course not. Of course not. You know, I, I just had a thought. I, I don't know. Uh, I struggle to have sympathy with the ghosting thing. And maybe it's just because like I'm an old school dude who used to meet girls at like parties and bars and stuff. And it's like my entire dating life from like age 16 to 31, I got ghosted by like 80% of the women that I met my entire adult life. I got ghosted on, you know? So it's when I hear this stuff, I'm like, Oh, they just, they'd never text you back. And it's so rude. I'm like, well, yeah, you're fucking dating. Like, this is what happens when you, like to me, the thing that shifted is it used to, it used to all like women used to have more options than men. And so men got ghosted on more often. Now it's like everybody has options. So everybody gets ghosted. Uh, But like, it's, to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, just deal with it. It's, it's
0: <laughs> no, I feel you. I'm actually uh, on your side about that. I'm like, let's breathe. There are really worse yeah, problems. You just got told straight up that somebody's not interested. Yeah. You're
1: lucky. Yeah. You
0: I think it's worse when you're being absolutely strung along.
1: I would much rather like, it's much better to get ghosted than strung along for sure.
0: Yeah. So how can people give less fucks when and you you talked about this? when all they want is to be loved, um, and all they want is love? Like, for example, um, you know, there are a lot of people who want to get married, like meet someone, fall in love, get married, have kids. They feel like they're growing up. Time is flying by. There's a pandemic happening. Now I've lost two and a half months of my life. Um, how do they handle yeah. that? Like of just wanting to be in love and not finding yeah. it. Cause I think that's a, the experience for a lot of people.
1: There's a little bit of a paradox that happens. I think when the more you desperately crave, uh, a romantic relationship or being in love in a relationship, uh, the more, the less likely you are making it to happen. Um, because it's, I think of it as like the, you have to leave space in your emotional life for that love to happen. And if you are constantly searching for it, craving it, um, trying to figure out if somebody likes you or doesn't like you, or if they love you or blah, 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 blah. You're, 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 you're putting pressure on that relationship in such a way that you're not leaving space for it to emerge naturally. You know, put, put more simply, like the best way to, uh, to fall in love or with somebody else is to simply fall in love with being by yourself. You know, It's like the more, the more comfortable you are being alone, the more comfortable you are not needing to be loved or in a relationship with somebody else, um, the more you kind of set the stage for it to be able to happen, does that make sense?
0: yeah, totally um again, as as you know the person who had to learn about boundaries and things like that, a lot of it I realized came down to also me not knowing how to be me and be with me and uh, what I even wanted like so one thing I ended up doing back then was I started kind of going on dates by myself um just to like purposely feel uncomfortable in being alone. Cause I think a big ex- part of the experience for me was I'd moved from a different country and I didn't have anybody. And then I was like, of course fell into this person who was selling me a dream. And I was like, okay, I now have a friend. Um, but I really had to like learn. I went to movies by myself, which is the weirdest like experience in New York, but I did. And then I would be like, it, it would feel very awkward but then i would ask myself like did do, do i want to go for a movie today like that simple question made me be able to tell somebody i then dated later that today i want to go for a movie tomorrow yeah. i don't you know or this is the kind of thing i want to watch this is what i don't but if you don't know any of that cuz you don't even know how to be with yourself um you don't know anything about you cuz you don't like you and sometimes we don't even want yeah. to face us, right? Like you said earlier, a lot of people with no self-awareness don't want to face themselves because of what they'll, maybe who yeah. they'll meet, um, which can sometimes be not who, you know, the mind has created to be this wonderful Yeah. Place to give. Well,
1: and, and like you were saying, like, if you don't l- discover who you are by yourself, then there's nothing for somebody else to fall in love with. You know if you're just constantly reflecting what you think some other person wants back at them, um, then there's nothing for them to fall in love with. And so it kind of comes back to the mm-hmm. like leaving leaving space. like it's it's like the more okay you are without somebody falling in love with you, the more likely it is actually act paradoxically, to happen, because people will see how comfortable you are how well you express yourself and your desires, how all of your personality quirks and stuff will start to come out because you're comfortable showing them to people. And that's what people fall in love with. But you can't, you can't mm-hmm. have that if you're like running away from yourself and looking for a relationship.
0: Yeah, and and just as a little caveat to people, like everything in balance, right? Because I also know those people, and I was briefly that person where I just loved myself then so much, I was like, I don't want fucking anybody ruining my aura (laughs) because, like, I'm in a good spot, and like I could just get sex, but I don't need to be with you. I just I'm good. Um, So a little bit of a balance, right? Like you said, yeah,
1: keep yourself open, but it's also so on the one hand, it's it's you know your highest priority should simply be being comfortable with yourself. Second priority, you know, when you're dating is, is dating in a way that's very, I guess, for lack of a better word, strategic, you know? So being very clear about like, who's the type of person that I'm likely to enjoy being in a long-term relationship with? Um, who are the people who are interested in a long-term relationship? Like knowing what, what type of, uh, Like where where the long term relationship people are hanging out, you know, it's like go find those type of people. Mm -hmm. Um, What traits um, that are are desirable in a partner? You know, what traits do you work well with in a relationship? You know, you start screening for all those things, and you don't. You get very merciless about wasting time. You know, it's like as Mm -hmm. soon as somebody looks like they're not serious relationship material, you you ghost them. <laughs> I know. You
0: know what's so sad? I keep talking about this on the podcast. Like I've gotten to that place in my life where I now I'm like, ugh, like I know what I yeah. want. I'm <laughs> like, if it's not working, I'm like, okay, bye. Like, like I I know I'm making all those decisions like much faster now, but I'm also like, I don't know how fucking boring. <laughs> like I can't just go out. And- who I want, do what I want. You know, Um, uh, it's part of growing up, but it's a good yeah. thing. It's a good thing to like be there. Um, last one of this, um, how can people give less fucks when uh, a relationship ends with someone that they feel they love, um, and they want to love? Like, I don't know if you've ever just fucking pined over somebody and been like, I want you to love me the way I love you. And like that ends and you're like, no, but love me still. <laughs> like, especially guys, I will say this. Guys, y'all play the long game. So like a girl will break up with a guy and he'll like linger in her life for like 10 years hoping that maybe <laughs> one day I'm always like, my ex. some of my exes still hit me up like at random hours. I'm like, really?
1: <laughs> like, it's just, you're that awesome, you know?
0: Oh, it's, totally. It's, it's, see they then, they, they see,
1: they're like, man, I'm not going to do better than that. hardly Uh, hardly you breakups are hard right because you i mean you should give a fuck about a breakup i think part of being sad and grieving is 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 kind of in honor of the relationship you know that it was something that mattered to you um the the hard part is is moving on the hard part is finding uh accepting life without this person and then finding finding kind of a new life that you can be very happy and proud of without this person. Uh, and so it's it's I generally my you know my my advice to to recent breakups, people who are heartbroken, people who are kind of stuck on an ex is to break away, first like kind of cut contact for a while and then break away and and just really read like Really spend a lot of time and energy on yourself. Emphasize your, you know, explore maybe some old hobbies that you've forgotten about. Go on some trips by yourself. Spend a lot more time with friends and family. Um, it, it's the way I think of it is, is like this person, your ex used to inhabit like a huge chunk, a large percentage of your identity. And then with them gone, there's like this hole in your identity. And so you need to fill it with other things. You need to go find... Like cool activities or projects or friendships or family members that you can kind of like fill in that gap now um so that you feel whole again and and feel comfortable on your own, but that takes time and it takes a lot of a lot of energy.
0: do you think that's a problem um that that we do sort of somebody else become part of our identity? I always hated that like I always hate that I mean I know that obviously lives emerge, mm-hmm. but Like, why do we feel like somebody is our identity? And like, I've always said this too on the podcast where I feel like the reason a lot of things hurt us isn't necessarily because they've hurt us. It's because we feel like a part of us has died. So there is like that attachment to our identity that... That ha- and so, like, oh, this person doesn't love me means some part of me is unlovable, means that part of me is fucking dead. And and I'm always like, no, you're still a whole person, yeah. you're fine, um, you're surviving. But, like, is that I don't know, is that okay? I,
1: it's, it's for whatever reason, it's just normal with humans. It's, it's we, I mean, you could kind of describe a com- committed loving relationship in such a way. It's like two people who share a piece of their identity with each other and. Um, and for whatever reason, just we're wired in such a way that it makes us really, really happy. It also, but it also makes us incredibly sensitive to that person, you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. it's like my wife and I, like my wife, my marriage is a huge part of my identity, which is great, but it also makes me incredibly sensitive to things that my wife says and does, you know? So it's like, if she, if she does something horrible, it hurts me that much more than like, if a friend of mine did it. Uh, the thing about the identity, though, is, is you know, human ide- our, our identity is very malleable. It's very, there's, it's never, mm. um, we're continuously molding it and shaping it and changing it. You know, just the same thing is like, there were things, um, you know, I used to play music a lot when I was young. Like, it, music was a huge part of my identity when I was in my teens and early 20s. Now, I don't really play music. And for a while, I kind of grieved the loss of music in my life. It was like a piece of my identity kind of went missing. But now I've filled it with other things. And so I don't miss it. And it's, I've moved on. And so it's...
0: Yeah, with lots of money from a, <laughs> from a number one NYT best-selling <laughs> book. Come on, man. <laughs> You know what? Nobody's grieving your <laughs> loss of music. <laughs> oh my God! He can't play the guitar. You're, let, me, let me go
1: buy twenty guitars and cry <laughs> all over them. Uh, but it's—I mean, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's the same way with friendships. It's the same way with family members. Um, same thing with careers. If you're—if you get fired, you know, I think a lot of the pain that people feel when they're fired is—it's the piece of their identity is gone, and—and um, and so it's—it's it's our, our identity is this very malleable. Changeable thing, but it takes time, and and the only way you change it is by actually going out and living differently, surrounding yourself by different Mm -hmm. people and different activities.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. You put it very well. Um, I have a couple listener questions, but as we wrap out, Um, okay, here's a question from a listener. She asked, Are labels necessary? If so, does there need to be a conversation or does it just happen in time? You sort of answered it a little bit earlier. Labels as
1: in like boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Um, Yeah,
0: I'm assuming that's what I meant.
1: Yeah, I do think labels are necessary simply because it's important for both people to... So labels are necessary, but it doesn't really matter what the labels are. I think the the reason they're necessary is that both people need to be on the same page about what's happening, about like what.
0: Thank you. I'm actually glad you said that because I actually think the same thing It's like, I'm not the first one running to yeah. label something, but at the same time, like I actually do think when you're in a relationship with somebody you actually want to be with, like it is important to know yeah. where you're at. and like,
1: And it's the label itself isn't as important as simply knowing what the expectations are. So it's, you know, yes. it, it. I I had relationships back when I was single with women, where it was like, like, okay, I really like you and I really like spending time with you, but like, I'm not really ready to like give up, be monogamous, or like give up dating other people. And and so we both understood of like, hey, you know, we're. I mean, some, they're different named friends with benefits, fuck buddies, like hookups, whatever. But it it didn't really matter. We
0: call it flex on flex. the podcast.
1: So it doesn't really matter what you call it, as long as you both understand that that's what you are. And um, yes. and so I think people avoid the conversation because it's uncomfortable. But it's I, if the reason it's uncomfortable is because you don't think the other person's on the same page, then you definitely need to have the conversation.
0: <coughs> yeah, very true. Um this is, a, this is a question that one of my friends sent in that's based off of something I said to them, um, where I had suggested, hey, I think it's time you cut your losses. And uh, so my friend asked, how do you know when to cut your losses? So I guess it's also that idea of, you know, we're always told to like, give it our all, like whatever you're doing, whether it's a relationship or in life. But there does come a point and just let's be realistic Um, sometimes things don't work out whether it's even a dream like, Hey, we, we all want to be the next Brad Pitt. I can give it my all, but doesn't mean I'm going to be the next Brad Pitt. Like, when do you cut your losses? And the same thing in a relationship, like you can keep trying, keep trying. And something is just fucking, it's a house burning (laughs) in front of you. When do you get out?
1: I think, well, it's, it's hard with relationships because there's so many different variables here. Um, you know, my answer to this question is very different for say a single person who is in love with somebody who doesn't love them back versus say like a marriage with three kids and they're thinking about getting divorced. Like those are they're two very different conversations. Uh, but generally speaking, I think kind of the general principle is if if there's a problem if two people are not on the same page they don't feel the same way or they don't see the relationship in the same way you know the goal the first goal is to get them on the same page get them feeling the same way and and seeing the relationship in the same way and if you're putting in all your effort to do it and the other person is not then you it's time to cut cut the cord if you if you're putting in all your effort and the other person's putting in all their effort and it's not getting better it's getting worse then it's also probably time to cut the cord. Um, but if you are putting in all your effort and they're putting in all the effort and things are getting better, um, but it's just taking a while and it's uncomfortable and it's hard and blah blah blah, you know, then it's stick with it as long as you know, assuming you still want to. But it's generally the the, the situations that I see where I'm like, my God, just let it go like just fucking stop is when it's usually when one person really, really wants it to work and the other person either doesn't give a shit or it's just not like, there's just a fundamental difference. I had a, one of my best friends, um, my college roommate, actually, he's, uh, um, he's Indian as well, atheist. Um, but third culture kid parents were Indian immigrants. So it's just like culturally, you know, came from that background and he was dating a born-again Christian woman. And she was like hardcore, evangelical. Like she literally would tell him like, you're going to go to hell. Like if you don't convert, you're going to go to hell. But they were madly in love and they tried to make it work for like a year. And I just remember telling my friend, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Like, this is, what is your end game, right? Like, <laughs> how is this ever, yeah. how is this ever going to work out? You know, it's like, even, even, I'm like, even if you do get past all you know, it's like, if you get married, like the Indian wedding, like what's her family going to, like, this is never going to happen. This yeah. is just never going to happen. And yes. so at, at some point, even, and this comes back to like, love is not enough. Like it's, at some point you can have two people who totally love each other, totally want it to work are totally trying to make it work, but it's, there's just too many hurdles in between and, and it doesn't make sense. It's a big world. There's millions of people out there that you can fall in love with, you know, move on. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask the same question sort of in a devil's sure. advocate way or or maybe for people we don't talk as much about. What about the people that you said there's always like the person who's giving a lot in a relationship and, and they're usually the ones we're talking to. What about the person who's not giving a lot but doesn't want to let go of the relationship, <laughs> which is half of my exes. And, and some of, some <laughs> of my friends, you know, cause they're, they're the people who don't believe that they're ready, but don't want to let yeah. go. And so they keep you. And so it's like, I'm fine. I'm like, Hey man, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm not even upset. Like you do, you, you go live your life, but they want it so badly. And they're like, no, no, no. But I still want you. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> so
1: I'm, I'm laughing because so like, I used to this guy. Um, get' yeah. fuck them like if they can't no it's it's really simple, like you can't you either shit or you get off the pot, like you you can't have it both ways and and it was funny because I remember there were a couple different women that I dated that that did that to me that you know it was like they were like, no, I'm really looking for something serious. I'm like, no, but I'm like, I'm really into you, I really like you, I have so much fun with you, I'm just not quite ready, you know and Sure enough, like they stopped calling me, stopped hanging out with me. And I was like really like butthurt about it. I'm like, man, that sucks, man. I'm like, god damn it. But it's like not, ten years later, I look back, and I'm like, of course they fucking dumped me. <laughs> good for them. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's it's don't yeah. all...
0: but you were good about not chasing them, like continually. But there are people like who continue to chase, like even though they don't, they can't give you more. They still, like, that's the fuck boy, right? Like, that's kind of the classic fuck boy we talk about who you're like, just stop, man. Just like, we're good. Just quit. Yeah,
1: it's, you can't, don't be too nice to them. I mean, it's really simple. They had their shot. They didn't take it. You move on. And you have to be very clear about that. You can't be like, okay, well, I'm going to tell him that I'm not with him, but I'm still, like, about once a month, I'm still going to, like, you know, booty call him or whatever. Like, you can't do that. You can't, like, it's, it's mm-hmm. either, you know, when you lay...
0: Mark, you are no fun. <laughs> no fun at all. But I mean, or... If, I'm messing. I agree. But I, agree. Yeah, I, but agree. I, mean, I agree. Or
1: if you want the booty call, just be very clear. Tell yeah. the guy. It's like, look, you're just booty called to me. Like, this is never going to happen. You know? So yeah. it's um, it, it's it's really, it's a matter of just sticking by what you decide and what you say. And, and it's so easy in relationships stuff to like try to have it both ways and it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You you have to be on the yeah. same page or it doesn't work.
0: This is an interesting question we had. Um, when do you stop blaming your parents for your childhood? Hmm.
1: There's there's a really interesting process that happens. And I think everybody kind of goes through this process at different at a different pace. Um, partially based on their issues, but also partially based on how bad their childhood was. I I think, you know, as you become an adult, you start discovering all the ways your parents screwed up. It's very upsetting and it's very... And I think a lot of that anger is probably healthy and normal. Um, Make sure that, you know, it it inspires you to not repeat the same mistakes. Um, It helps you understand... You know ways that you fuck up your relationships. but I think at a certain point it it you have to start forgiving your parents and realizing that like they they just do the best they they can you know it, one one of the big breakthroughs for me was really coming to the understanding that like my parents gave a hundred percent of what they were capable of giving, and just because that was like say fifty percent of what I needed, it's not necessarily their fault. You know, they they did the best they could with the tools that they had and with the knowledge that they had, um, and so that was that helped me a lot to let go. Um, the other thing that I noticed too is that when my when I started when my relationship when I started healing my romantic relationships, like when I stopped having unhealthy relationships and started having healthy relationships, it made it much easier. My relationship with my parents got much better because it made it made yes. it easier for me to uh I guess be compassionate of where they were coming from and and mm-hmm. why they they said and did the things that they said and did.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh a lot of people in including us, obviously, were really defined by the things that our parents did um, or didn't do. I know some of my friends, you know, I've been a little lucky that my parents, as they've grown older, like my parents are 70 now. And my dad the other day actually called me out of the blue to apologize for what the way he acted when I was a teenager. And I was like, (laughs) <laughs> and I was like it's okay dad like he's 71 I'm like I, I don't need I don't want you to feel guilty anymore in your life like this, just enjoy your fucking life it's fine um but I know that there's a lot of pain for people who who yeah. never get that who, who never have somebody who understood or is a, are able to articulate and some part of it is also just acceptance right and and kind of the same thing that you talk about in relationships where maybe it's also like helped you grow and helped you to be a a better person. Hopefully you took the things that happened to you then um, and became better for it. Like, like you said, like I grew up with parents who fought all the time and, and did some crazy shit. So I was very cognizant of, Oh, I'm never going to talk to my partner this way. Or I don't say these things. I don't take low blows or I don't, you know, Um, you can either be better for some of those things that happened or choose to just be defined by it forever. Absolutely. Um, Last question. Uh, When do you need, when do you need to give a fuck and how do you deal with the emotions that come with it?
1: Well, there's a lot of times you need to give a fuck. I mean, tons of times you could, Come up with an endless amount, I think it's it's the key is to simply know when those times are um, yeah. awareness is to, to know when you know it, it's my wife and i we we i'd say we fight we don't fight very often, but I'd say we fight i don't know five six times a year, and I would say half of those fights are actually about something important and half of those fights are about something completely stupid and like unimportant <laughs> and yeah. and um mm-hmm. and it's funny because a- after those the 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 latter fights and this is one of the reasons why I'm with my wife is that I'd say maybe like 6 hours afterwards we kind of come back together and we're like Wow, we're such fucking idiots. Like we start laughing about it. We're like, can you like, <laughs> like wow? Usually it's one of us more than the other, but we just start laughing. We're like, wow, you are really. It's just it's a fucking doorknob. Like you are that upset about a doorknob, you know? Like and we just start giggling about it. And I I think um, just having that awareness of like what 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 is actually fundamental to the relationship. What is actually um, important for each person's happiness and what is just people just being angry or being stupid or being ir- irritable or whatever. Like we all have days like that. Um, you know, I, I think that's the skill that's most important because it's both are going to happen in all of your relationships. And, uh, but if you're, if you can't tell the difference between the two, then, then that's when a lot of unnecessary suffering starts.
0: hmm That's a great answer okay mark thank you so much for being on uh the kind of dating podcast you're not totally totally done this is a fun segment we do okay. with every guest before we wrap um it's called six questions we ask every guest the exact same six, six questions like rapid fire don't think about it too much just say what's just on your fucking mind and however right. you perceive it okay so mark here are your six questions what is the first, okay, and I know you're married so you got to think about it as like either pre-marriage or related to your wife, however you interpret it. Um, What is the first thing you notice about a potential partner?
1: Legs. I'm a legs guy.
0: All right. Yeah. Uh, What is one deal breaker? Dishonesty. What turns you on? Oh my God. (laughs) you're
1: um, like I'm trying to think of something. I mean, cause obviously like all the normal, like I'm a normal male. So pretty much everything. Um, but <laughs> I'm trying to think of if there's something peculiar that like gets me really horny. Um,
0: yeah. Like I have a friend that's feet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Toes. A lot that's of guys are in the toes. feet. I'm not,
1: I'm definitely not a foot guy. Um, actually, so sense of humor. Um, my wife's really funny. Actually, all my girlfriends were really, really funny. There's something like if if a girl can make me laugh really hard, like yeah, it's just it's really, really sexy.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. Um, tell us one of your strengths and weaknesses in a relationship
1: um i'm I think my strength is that i'm I'm very non-judgmental. Um, I'm very patient I can I can hear some uncomfortable things or hear my partner get very upset and say a lot of things and not react emotionally. Um, But interestingly, that's also kind of the flip side of my, my weakness, which is I I can be very cold and um, standoffish at times. Um, I can also kind of like get very locked into my own little world and, and forget to come out. You know, I get in my like writing cave and just, write for like six days straight and forget to talk to people. And, um, so yeah, I can be a little bit standoffish, but I think I'll also, I'm like very patient and non-judgmental. Those are
0: good. Those are good. What is, what is love? What is Mark? love, What's got, love?
1: To got to do with it? Got to do with <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> We've never heard that
1: before. <laughs> what is love? Um, love is many things. I think love is, is one of the you know, despite all the cliches, it it really is kind of the height of human experience. It is one of the, the most exquisite experiences to have as a human being. So I definitely recommend everyone should be in love at least once in their life. Um, <laughs> on a much more um, less romantic note, I also think love is just an evolutionary strategy to get us to procreate and raise human beings together (laughs) um, because human beings have very big brains and very big brains take a long time to develop. And so nature needed to find a way to keep couples together for a long period of time. That's why humans are one of the only species that stay together for long periods of time.
0: Wow. Didn't know that. That's awesome. Um, Last question. This is our favorite. Um, Besides I love you, what three words would you want your partner to tell you?
1: (laughs) Um. Oh man, three words. Good one. I want to hear from my partner. the 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 other th- the other two mm-hmm. things that that are coming to mind are I I appreciate you and I'm proud of you.
0: Yeah. Here's the are
1: two that are coming to mind.
0: So we'll 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 shorten it to proud yeah. of you.
1: Appreciate and you. Yeah, I, and appreciate, I appreciate you. you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Those are great. Those are great. Well, Mark Manson, thank you so much for taking time and being on the podcast. Um, We were so excited to have you and you clearly delivered. Um, How can everybody find uh, your work? So
1: markmanson.net is my website. Tons of free blog articles. If you go to the archive, there's a category for relationships. There's dozens and dozens of articles on relationships there. Um, Mark Manson on Instagram. I am Mark Manson on Twitter on Facebook. Check out my books. Um, Just Google me. You'll find me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Friends, we'll also have um, all of uh, his links and social media in the description of this episode. Mark, thank you again so much for being on uh, the podcast. Friends. If you like today's episode, please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Also follow us on social media. We're at Kind of Dating across the board. I'm at Natasha Chandel on Instagram, Natasha underscore Chandel on Twitter, Natasha Chandel official on Facebook. Also send us your dating stories and thoughts to dating at gmail.com. Finally, Mark is not going to agree with me and I say this, but I know it seems tough out there. Just try. <laughs> Till next time. Kind of Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandel. Aisha Holden is my co host. Our producer is Adam Pineless, and our intern is Karina Uribe. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.